Hello, and welcome to the DC Everest Mega Powers podcast with your host, Harmony and Taco, where we talk about real topics with real people. As always, we encourage first-time listeners to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by searching DC Everest Mega Powers. Joining us today is Grace, Rihanna, and Alan. And today's topic is going to be about mental health. Um, so starting off this topic, has anyone here seen or been affected by mental health in the school? Most definitely, I definitely have. Um, for the longest time, you know, I had struggled with mental health because, you know, school and just like reality, like mixed together, it's kind of rough, you know. So it's definitely not just affecting just me, though, for sure. I've definitely seen it in a lot of kids, especially those in AP classes my fellow classmates were all struggling. It's a rough time. So can I ask a question? So this is Mr. Hansen, who's also here <laughs> in this podcast. Um, in like what ways do you see that play out? So is it pressure stress type stuff that leads to anxiety breakdowns? Like what, can you be more specific, I guess, for me? Yeah, so it's definitely mostly like you know, you have stress from your teachers to, like, get an A. Your parents are like, okay, you've got to do good to get into college. And, like, everyone's just telling you, you've got to be perfect. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. So then you're definitely just, like, stressed. And then you go home. You cry for, like, two hours. And you go to work. The, yeah, then you go to work. <laughs> then Put you, on a happy face. Yeah, and then you, like, come back home after work at, like, nine, 10 or 9. Ten. Yeah. Go and, to sleep, wake up next morning. Like yeah, but, like, then you also have to, like, do, like, hours of homework. And then, like, you know, you're tired, so you don't want to do it. It's just it's a mess. One of the things I hear, this is Mr. Sale, who was also <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> One of the things I seem to hear sometimes from some of my colleagues is the skepticism that you have hours of homework. How, how would you respond to those teachers who are like, oh, we don't give them that much homework? It all kind of adds on, not if not just like that one teacher gives you like a little bit of homework, but then if all your teachers give you a little bit of homework, it just piles on and piles on, and you get more and more homework, so that's why it yeah. seems like a lot of homework and hours and hours of it. Especially if it's just like a 10-minute assignment. If you get a 10-minute assignment for all eight classes, that's an hour, almost and a half at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not to mention probably the AP classes, if you have those, those are probably a bigger workload. Yeah, we, if you want to do good on those, then more time. Yeah. I know Alan here has had a lot of AP classes. How would you describe your workload? Um, I would say most of it comes down to like time management and just kind of like not complaining about it because a lot of the times when you say like you have a lot of homework or whatnot, it's more of like in your head. Like you're constantly reminding yourself that, oh, I got a lot of homework. And you're, doing, you're not even doing homework right now. You're just telling yourself that I have a lot of homework. And then that is what usually adds a lot of anxiety to people. But if you kind of just step back and you go home, do do your regular watch watch a TV show, just relax for a bit, and then get to it without constantly thinking I have homework, I think that reduces a lot of the unnecessary stress and anxiety. And then just face it without distraction when it actually comes. I think that's really easy to say. Mm-hmm. I think it's much harder to do in practice. Yeah. yeah. I love that, though, as a thrown out there an idea of, you know, this might help you. Mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but yeah, it is tough to do. 
other thoughts or examples from personal stories or people here of where that impacts you? Um, I've definitely seen mental health in like a lot of my friends and from school and a lot of times it's family as well. Like I've seen a lot of um, family issues that like, I mean, I see it just in my friends just because I'm close with them, but I can't even imagine like how much worse some people have it or like, but they just don't show it because here at school we all just put on a happy face and get through the day and go home, like you said, like have a mental break. Question. Do you think like we put on a happy face at school because we don't think our friends are going to um, respond like um, with support? Support. Um, if they see us struggling, like is that why we feel like we can't show weakness or can't show that we're having trouble? Like, I, I mean, because I hear that from other students too of like, well, I come to school and I put on like my happy face and, but I'm really struggling on the inside. Like, why is it that we don't show that or don't allow people in? Are we afraid of how they're gonna respond to that? Or like, I, I guess I'm asking, like, what's the reason? I don't know what you're saying, but, like, well, for, I think, oh, yeah. for me, like, it was just personally, like, I just didn't really ever, like, trust people, so, like, I didn't really talk to people before this year, so, like, I'd kind of just throw on a smile and come to school, because, like, it's just what I did, and, like, I used to have a therapist, so, like, I'd talk to him about that stuff, but, like, I never really, like, talked to teachers about anything, or, like, when I started as a sophomore, or even as a junior, like, I didn't really talk to anyone, so I just threw on a smile and went to school. What my mom was for. <laughs> well, the smiles are a way of kind of deflecting mm -hmm. what might be yeah. more, yeah. might pile on more, you know, if you buy some more lotions. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily that, like, your friends won't respond with support. I think it's just um, that, like, because then if your friends find out, and we all know, like, people can't really keep secrets very well, if something gets out that you don't want getting out, then other people find out about it, and then you're getting questions from other people, or other people are judging you, mm -hmm. and, like, not that it would happen, but it's just that, like, that you're scared that that would happen, and so um, you just kind of, like, put on a smile, deflect every, every question that, like, your friends want to ask, or whatever. I feel like some people, like, just don't want to help with it, too, like, they kind of just want to push through it see if like they'll go to anything do you think yeah that's true so like kind of like zooming out i think there's two different types of people when it comes to like personal problems those who want attention for it and then those who don't and so basically those who want attention for it will obviously find like a safe haven in school because they can get the help or like communication they need if they're acting a different way because people will notice versus like if they don't want the attention um like you guys were saying they can just come on with a happy face because they don't really want to dwell deeper into that problem. I know. You, oh, oh sorry. No, no, go no. ahead. And I just know for me, it's like, you know, more family issues than that that like cause like the depression and all that. And so then when I come to school, it's just a way to forget about it. So I don't want to mm -hmm. talk about it mm -hmm. here. I just want to leave that at home. And then when I go home, we deal about that. But like school is just more happy. So that's why you're putting on that smiling face and that happy face, because you're genuinely happy at school. Or you could be, like could be. depending on <laughs> yeah, who it is. Yeah, your situation. Well sure, absolutely. Yeah, for, that, that's an interesting and important thing. I think that school can be that safe haven for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I, I want to come back to what Alan was talking about. So, Alan, you said people that want attention and people that don't want attention. Mm -hmm. 
do you, have you ever seen it where someone is like wants maybe too much attention and is like really pointing out all their problems uh, like and maybe yeah. that goes a little bit too like a little bit too far and you're like whoa 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 like you almost find it annoying or or um, have a problem with the fact that they keep bringing it back to themselves and make a big production about mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. I think that's hard though for us because like you want to support them but you get like maybe so bothered by the way in which they go about that and sadly it's probably because they they need help and they need attention but like the manner in which that happens can really rub people the wrong way have you seen that at all with friends or with people at our school and how do you respond to that I mean, I guess you can res- <laughs> you can respond to an extent, but I mean, if they're just making it like I guess like a pity party as a coping mechanism, then I guess you shouldn't really entertain that as it keeps on going, because there has to be a point where you kind of understand what the solution to whatever situation is, with like all emotions aside. Mm. It's hard to like it's hard to like see like what like if they're trying to just get attention or if they actually like really need like the help because so then like you don't really know like kind of what you're supposed to do you know because um i don't know because like sometimes it could feel like they just want the attention and they maybe just like i don't know it's just hard to deal with like certain situations like those so you never really know what to do and you don't really know how to help them in that way and it's almost like we get bothered by it because like they're talking about it and they're making it so known that like they're almost they're making their issues more important than like yours and you are like if they have the same issues as you and you're not talking about it then you're like okay well now it's not as big of a deal because you're like I don't really know how to explain it but like yeah like if they're talking about like how they have depression and you're like yeah I have it too but they just keep talking about it or like making jokes or like if that's their coping mechanism then it makes you feel worse and feel like you can't talk about it because other people might not believe you or think that you just want attention like them I feel like that happens like kind of a lot where like people are like oh yeah well I have that too and I feel the same way so it's not like a competition but it's they're making it feel like oh well I feel that way too like so we're on the same page but then it's like yeah it can't be that bad for you like Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with it so you can deal like it's kind of like almost where it's like is it minimizing your yeah Yeah. when so it's making you feel like oh shoot like maybe I should just deal with it on my own like maybe I should just like like you know like yeah keep it in and that's that goes back to like talking to people and like coming to school school with a smile it's like maybe like if you say it you're like other people are going to be like well, yeah, that happens a lot. So then you're going to be like, oh, well, then it's not a big deal. But, like, really, like, even though it does happen a lot, it should be treated as a big deal. Mm. Well, and everybody's experience and situation is unique, and we sometimes forget that. Mm-hmm. We all have different stories and journeys. Yeah, and people handle things differently. So, mm-hmm. like, their situation might not be as bad. Maybe they're just more sensitive or more emotional that it does affect them, like, as much or something like that. Because yeah, we're all wired differently. itself what mm-hmm. that looks like mm-hmm. um, how you deal with it all those things yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean I guess a question could be like 
we see it a lot with like teenagers but like has anybody ever seen it with like parents or like in their families i've seen it with my mom because i remember probably like fifth grade and one of her good family friends died and like i just remember seeing my mom crying so she got like a therapist and all this and i used to go to therapy with her that's what i would experience mm-hmm. that trauma or like that sort of trauma, traumatic experience that she had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I've seen that, like, <clears throat> I've seen it, like, in shows before, because I've never experienced that myself, but, like, I've seen the shows before where, like, um, a parent, like, when parents go through things, they co- kind of go to their parents, I saw, like, in the show, because they can't go to their kids for it, because they have to, like, act strong around their kids, but then, like, like, it's all kind of the same, because it, like if you like you can still get depression and have anxiety when you're older so then like how are you supposed to deal with that when you have the kids or like you know like it's still seen in adults but like I feel like it's not seen as much because they have to be strong for work and for their kids and for their families so it's like it's different yeah and at what point do you tell your kids and what do you tell them you know I mean They won't know what that means, Mm -hmm. first of all, probably. Well, and even like a a 12-year-old, maybe, where they're beginning to learn a little bit about these things, but you don't want to be like, yeah, I suffer from these things, and then your kid walk away with, uh, wow, dad's crazy, or mom's crazy. You know, obviously you'd have to think through it a little bit more than that, but still there's the, I think there's some risk from a parent perspective on when and how do I tell them, because I want to teach them them be strong and independent and all those sorts of things and if I go and I tell them about a weakness sometimes well but I at the same time I think that you don't hide that from your kids right because then it seems like everything's okay I want to I want to teach them though um, that there are appropriate ways to deal with things and that dad's trying to go get help because he needs help it doesn't have to be a super in-depth lay everything out mm-hmm. and all the reasons and all the details mm-hmm. but um, you know, I've gone to counseling and I had to deal with some things from my past. And so, like, my kids saw me going and leaving. And where's dad going? Well, dad's got to go deal with some things. I got to go get some help on some stuff. It didn't have to be much more than that. But hey, dad's got some stuff he's got to deal with because I want to be a better father, a better husband. And so I need to go deal with this stuff so I can be. So, like, I can be there for you better than what I am. I can be there for mom better than what I am. And so. I think that was important for my children to see that so that they realize that someday if they ever need anything, um, that it's okay to go get help. It's okay to seek that out if that's going to mean you're better off for it. Because what I don't want them to do is what some of you guys said, which is just internalize everything, try to do it all on their own, because that's probably not going to work out great. In fact, it's going to do a lot more damage, and later on you're going to have to unravel a whole lot more stuff, probably because you internalize and try to deal it all on your own. Thought you had to because you never saw your parents have any problems and thought, well, then I must be really different and I must be really messed up and you know what I'm saying? So like one of the things I wanted my children to see is yeah, dad needs some help with some stuff and it's okay to go do this. This is not something that you need to be ashamed of or embarrassed by. Yeah, and I think like as 
like I know with my parents and like me and my older brother like once we started getting older it was a lot easier like once we started talking about our problems they could be like yeah that happened to me mm-hmm. and it's easier to like relate once we get older just mm-hmm. because like they went through high school too like they went through all of this and not that like like my mom suffers from like depression and anxiety but like she doesn't like she didn't tell me like specific examples or why it started or any of that but she'll be like like you're not the only one like you just have to like she'll like help me through it mm-hmm. and so like you said you don't have to like go in depth and lay it all out it's just showing that somebody cares and that mm-hmm. um like you're not the only one mm-hmm. at what point do your parents become resources you know that because it seems like when kids again maybe they start that puberty or whatever and all of a sudden <laughs> and all of a sudden like mom and dad you don't want to talk to mom and dad about things or things are embarrassing to talk to them about or whatever what, at what point did that kind of switch over to hey I, I want to talk to my parents about this or was it always like that for you once I got my license you got your license yeah so I felt a little bit more adulted and like my mom like I kind of just leave the house <laughs> like I don't really tell anyone I just get up and leave two in the morning we could go to quick trip we just hang go quick trip so like uh, I kind of just felt adulted so like I look at my mom more like a role model than a parent so that's how it is for me I mean I've always been close to my mom but my dad is like I'm not as close with them but I guess I've just always been close to my mom so it's it was never hard to say anything about like anything really I also think it depends on like the person and the relationship that they've had with their parents since they've been a younger kid mm-hmm. because if you're not open with them since you've been really young you're not going to be open with them randomly as soon as you're in your teens or whatnot but if you've been open with them since you're like a kid you're going to probably continue to stay open to them it all depends on the relationship sure. do you also think it depends on how they've responded to past things that maybe you have opened up or, or, or maybe screwed up with or whatever it might be like depending on how maybe they responded, um, maybe it leads you to either be more open or to be closed off because of fear of how they're gonna respond to that news. Yeah. Would that be accurate? I know people who are like terrified of their parents. <laughs> like I'm like, hey, you wanna hang out? Like I can't, I don't wanna ask my parents. <laughs> That's real. Yeah, it's it's true. it happens. I got a question. Do you guys think eating and sleeping right affects mental health? Definitely. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah, to like help, like, it started at like a pretty like young age, you know, I must have been like 11 or something, but I developed like the coping mechanism of eating my feelings away, mm-hmm. which awful decision, like, <laughs> regret that now, but you know, like, you know, one of my friends, she's like, she showed me how to like sneak and go get food, and then she's like, if I'm sad, I have my stash, and I was like, wow, that's that's a great idea, wonderful, and so like, you know, I picked up that, so like, you know, if something had happened, I was like, hmm, food, right. and then like, you know, um, then like I'd sleep then to like escape or whatever, so then that just combines like, it's just a bad lifestyle. No. I can feel like no one gets enough sleep anymore. Oh, <laughs> that too. Like most of us are probably on like a four to ten o'clock job, something like that. Get home at like ten thirty. 
shower in bed at 11 at, at 5 or 6 in the morning the next day. Yeah, what, what is your schedule like? Cause, <clears throat> so I work uh, with some high schoolers at my church too and just talking to those guys who are now seniors in high school, man, I, I'm a little bit shocked by the lack of sleep that they get. And, I mean, like your bodies are still developing, your brain's still developing. Like the lack of sleep is actually really unhealthy for you health-wise, mm-hmm. and then I can't imagine brain development, he- mental health-wise, too. I do think that plays a tremendous factor. I mean, if you're getting four or five hours of sleep at night, that's so bad for your body. Your body never gets a chance to fully recover from a long day of the wear and tear that you put on that. And furthermore, stretching that brain in school where you're taking so much in and you're, you're, you're trying to make sense of that, like, boy, when you're sleepy, it's much more difficult to try to do that. And then you're expected to perform at a high level. And how can you when you're exhausted? You know, like, I think, and then obviously that compounds on, I'm a failure, I can't get, you know, all those things, the pressure, the stress. Um, Yeah, I can totally see how that makes a massive impact. Thoughts on that? Like, what's your, kind of your typical schedule? Does that affect how you feel at school on a daily basis? Yeah, I think sleep has mainly to do with like energy levels. So like if you get a lot, you'll have a lot more energy. So basically you can cope with more stuff. You can handle more things. You can do more things versus when you have really low energy, like no sleep or bad nutrition or whatnot, you have a way lower threshold for like coping or whatnot. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Like for me, like finals, to me, sleeping, getting like eight hours of sleep or whatever is just as important as studying for every single test I have just because I know that if I don't sleep or if I'm up until like one in the morning like my friends are I'm gonna be I'm gonna do even worse because what else am I gonna learn in two extra hours that I don't already know you know so it's just like getting that good sleep getting eating good breakfast is just as important as studying the extra two hours and at the same time though like if you work until like 10 o'clock like Isaiah said you know like it's definitely hard because like you want to go to bed but then if you still have like some homework you need to do or like to study then you're like which one is more important because like if you don't know anything for a test you're like I probably should study so it's like kind of rough there I try to get my stuff before ELT (laughs) 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 gotta make it but like last night I worked and I had I had a math test first hour I was like oh geez yeah it was stressful (laughs) that's tough can you think of any like structural differences at school maybe that could help structural as in scheduling or yeah I don't know or just other options at school I think it's just like the early start around here because like it's not even like that early but like it's earlier than all the schools over here because like 7.30. 7.30. That's <laughs> early. That's really early. Like, I'm usually out of bed by like 6 in the morning. My elementary age kids start at 7.40. So they're getting like, okay, so my kids are 5, 7, and 9. They're getting up at, usually we get them out of bed about 6.45, right? So they, because they got to get dressed, they got to get ready, they got to eat, you know, all that stuff, and then drive them to school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, think about that too for them. You know, so we try to get them in bed early 
right, so that they can get their sleep. But, you know, some nights they're busy and they got this and that. And so you think about development even at those young ages and sleep and how important that is even more so. Um, yeah, that can, that can be rough. So, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, school starting later and maybe ending a little bit later. Not even, like, or not even like a ton. It's like 15, 20 minutes later. Yeah. It's like... Just like if it's right before eight, eight so we if get it started at eight, at eight, yeah, and then yeah. it just went to like three, not bad at all. Uh, yeah, you could totally do that, right? Yeah, yeah. seems seems do more doable, right? Yeah, I think the hard part is like when you have so many schools and limited bus transportation, mm-hmm. right? One of the reasons that they have to stay here the start times is because of that. But, but I mean, you got you got to be able to think creatively, and, and there's got to be a solution. And then going back to what you were saying about your like kids in elementary mm-hmm. school, like at the elementary school I tutor at, like you know I get there towards the end of their day, and you can just see how tired they are. Those like kids are they're they're so tired. And like lately, um, like you know I've talked to like the kindergarten teachers there too. They've had like instead of like recess time and playtime, they've had to pull those so that way the kids get extra testing and like extra learning yep. time, and so. The kids there don't get nap time anymore either, and like if they're starting that early, like it just takes a lot out of them, and like it's so rough. It seems to me that mental health is just not a priority in the way we schedule our our, our education, and then the way we schedule young people's lives. Well, to me, it's we say it's bad, and we say we don't we want to get rid of mental mental health or we want to help kids that have mental health but yet our actions are well we'll schedule the crap out of these kindergarten kids or they're they're you know they're going to school for seven eight hours and getting bombarded with so much information at five years old and then going to soccer practice or, or whatever or yeah or church on church Wednesday nights or what and then yeah like I mean I wonder why my five-year-old daughter has mood swings and you know and I mean I'll be honest as an adult if I don't get my sleep I'm way more emotional way more moody than I would be if I actually had a good night's sleep so that's me at 37 I can't imagine my five-year-old well that's just it it doesn't go away these uh, learning how to balance this and then deal with mental health is fucking rough we don't help kids figure it out like Alan was talking about some coping mechanisms or certain things that you can do personally to help you know, then we're sending them off into the world unprepared. I think the, the nice thing at least about like college and I, I would love to adopt more of that idea for high school but like you get to schedule your classes when you think they would be best for you. So if you're not a morning person you don't have to schedule your classes in the morning. If you're not a night person don't have to schedule classes at night. I mean, the hard part was for me, I had to pay for my own schooling. So I tried to work and do school at the same time. So, you know, when I'd have breaks in between my classes or maybe I would do morning classes on purpose, get it done, then I have a piece of time to work and then I have my evening to do school and get my rest, right? So, but the nice thing for, for you in that respect is you'll, if you do do college or, or tech school or something like that, you should be able to structure your schedule around your own personal desires and how you feel that you want to make it work for you, right? Boy, wouldn't that be nice if we could do that a little bit now? 
and you should a be able te- to. Yeah, A, it would teach you more responsibility and time management because you get to choose how you want to utilize your time because some of you might be in clubs or sports or activities. So, that, so you know that's coming at this chunk of time so you could schedule other things. You know, I, you know mm-hmm. and I think, and I'll get off, my, get off my soapbox in a second, but I also think, like, do we really need seven, eight hours for school? Could we shrink that a little bit and and maybe even junior senior year you're kind of already thinking about your career so you track classes kind of that I mean mm-hmm. I just think we could be more creative with mm-hmm. how we do that mm-hmm. thoughts on that like the free scheduling thing I wish like I wish like students had an option to like pick what study hall they wanted. Like if like they wanted a morning study hall, say if they're junior or senior, they can get released and they don't have to come in, or they can come in and they can work on their homework, or if they want to work, they can have class hour release and they can leave at. Do we not have that anymore? We do, but like you don't get to pick it. Oh. Yeah. Cause like like I chose a study hall, so I got the last hour one this year, so I get done at one fifty and I go to work at like two thirty four, somewhere in between there, and the next semester I have one second hour, so. I get so that to, doesn't really help you. Yeah, much. so I come in, I have math, and then I can leave for an hour, and then I come back. So you would rather have that either first hour so you could sleep in a little bit more, or last, or last hour so you get out and get to work earlier so you don't have to be out working as late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes way more sense. But I do have last hour study hall release for you guys, but it's innovation. <laughs> huh. I assumed they had, it was first and last hour, and then you got to when I scheduled kids, I thought I, that's how we did it, but I guess not. Nope. That's dumb. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Yeah, like four minutes. I was just going to say, like, um, the scheduling thing, like, a lot of my friends have, like, done, like, some online classes or whatever, and, like, that's really appealing, but then at the same time, I'm a very, like, social person, so I think, I'm sure, like, a lot of us are, so if you didn't have that social interaction, mm-hmm. it would almost be worse, mm-hmm. and just, like, make going on your computer and doing school even harder, because you can't have that friend to laugh with in that class, or anything, yeah. so and it's, yeah, it's just, like, hard to decipher between that. And I think one thing you miss with online schooling, too, is you're not presented with a lot of the problems with a lot of a lot of the problems that you have during in school and such, so you don't have that big of a coping mechanism when you go out into the real world. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think we should end things. Um, as always, we'd like to thank our guest, Harmony, Brianna, Grace, Alan, and Mr. Hansen and Sale. Thank you. <laughs> Remember, first-time listeners can subscribe at DC Everest Mega Powers Podcast. Thank you. Have a great day. Adios.